Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. I will try and use it wisely. Hope your day is going smoothly. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, thank you so much. I'm incredibly grateful for that. Y'all help the podcast to grow. Spread to different places in our country, our communities, and even different places in the world. So, thank you. Not a lot on the homestead other than we're expecting some pretty nasty weather soon the four juvenile chicks that have survived that are no longer chicks but that roost up in the tree i think are about to get a very rude awakening when it gets that chilly father thank you for today Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast, the people that listen to it, share it, be with them and their families, guide them, bless them. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for the wisdom in your words. Thank you for those who have come before us that have turned to you and have helped light our own path if we'll just pay attention help us to turn back to you father as individuals and as a nation guide those who lead us help them to look to you to rule in the fear of you forgive us our sins lord Forgive us for not being better stewards of the talents and the skills that you've given us. Forgive us when we waste the time that you've given us and the abilities that you've given us. And help us to do better. And guide my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. I don't remember where we left off, but I know where we're going to start. I was I, this thought struck me. I'm going to talk about it again in a couple of days when we do this podcast, folks, but I was doing some research for one coming up. And it's uh, talking about state constitutions, among other things, and how often, how many of our state constitutions God has mentioned in. And the thought that crossed my mind was, you know, we want these blessings from God as a nation and as individuals. We want health and joy and happiness and strong faith, great marriages healthy kids, 
food to eat and water to drink and clean water and a warm, safe place to sleep. You know, we want all these things from God. <laughs> but we don't want to be bothered by Him. You know, in a lot of ways, uh, and this will strike home for quite a few of us, I think, uh, not just those of y'all that are young, that are students that listen to the podcast, but a lot of us that are adults too, uh, regardless of whether you're in high school or college. In a lot of ways, we treat God the way we treat our parents, right? We want we want our parents to buy us stuff, to feed us, to clothe us, to put a roof over our heads. We want all these blessings from our parents to love us, to be kind to us, to care for us. But when we're children, uh, particularly teenagers perhaps, but really just children across the board, how do we act toward our parents? Are we respectful? Do we honor them? Do we obey them? Do we submit to their authority? Do we follow their commands? For a lot of us, you know, the answer is, is often, far too often, no. So it's just a thought, just a passing thought. We'll we'll talk about it some more later. Um, one of the things, one of the quotes we go back to often that I need to add to the everyday quote list is John Quincy Adams' comment about how it was commendable to know the Word of God, or, or it wasn't commendable to know the Word of God so much as condemning not to know it. We talk about it often, right? But our founding generations, they knew the Bible. And they wanted to make sure that others knew the Bible as well. And so we're going to read through just a few quotes by some of our founding fathers about this. This is Dr. Benjamin Rush. The inestimable value of the revelation which it hath pleased God to make to our world of his existence, character, will, works, and grace in Jesus Christ and the Bible, and of the great benefits to be expected from the distribution of it among persons who are unable or not disposed. To purchase it. This is a quote in reference to starting a Bible society. Philadelphia, I think. Yeah. And there were all different groups, folks, from Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, Calvinists. And we're going to tie this into Calvin Coolidge's quote in a little bit. 
But the denominational differences didn't keep them from helping each other, trying to spread the word of God, because they had the same shared core value, and that was Jesus Christ. And they knew, they all knew how important knowledge of the Bible was to society. And particularly what a lot of us would talk about today, we talk about free society, right? We want a free society. You go back to that Horace Greeley quote that we read recently about it's impossible to mentally or socially enslave a Bible-reading people. You can't have freedom without God. And and how can you possibly have freedom without God? I mean, if people don't know the Bible. And so our, our founders, they knew this. This was another, this is the talking about the Bible Society in Philadelphia still, Dr. William White. The Bible Society is manifestly a design in which all denominations of Christians without exception may unite. They all profess to derive their creed and sentiments from the sacred writings. They all profess to believe that those writings contain the fountain of life, which, of course, they are equally bound to open to those who may be perishing under maladies which nothing else can relieve. I don't have the proverb in front of me. I wish I did, folks, but it's one that's stuck with me for years. Maybe I can find it real quickly. And it talks about the responsibility we have in stopping those who are stumbling toward death. And I want to say it is maybe in Proverbs 31 at the very end before you start talking about the wife of noble character. No. No, I don't know. I'm sorry, folks. I can't find it. But the point is, the proverb says, you know, if, if those of us, if we see people stumbling toward death, stumbling toward the edge of the cliff and we don't do anything about it, one day we're going to have to answer to God. And if we look at him and say, we didn't know anything about that. You know, we didn't, we didn't see these people stumbling to the cliff, to the edge, toward death. Isn't God going to know our hearts? Isn't he going to know the truth? There's a lot of people, folks, that we don't like to deal with because it makes us uncomfortable people we don't want to talk to or be around. Certainly situations that we don't want to interject ourselves into. And good Lord, especially for those of y'all who are young that listen, I'm not telling you to go put yourself in a dangerous situation, especially as a, as a child teenager at all. And you don't have to. You have so many opportunities. I mean, just... Think about some of the opportunities you have at school to be kind to someone that nobody else is kind to. And you don't have to make it this big production and big show. You can just 
be kind to them quietly. There's a lot of ways to do it, folks. But as adults, how often do we look at somebody? The thing that pops, the two that pop in my mind right now are uh, alcoholism and the LGBTQ lifestyles. But you could also throw, when you see people, for example, in your church, that, that you can obviously tell their marriage is struggling, right? Uh, or, or there's a number of other instances. How often do we look at those people when we could go over and give them a kind word? Or we could share God's word with them just a little bit? Maybe not even speaking his word just so much as exemplifying it. Just a little kindness. A little compassion. Not condoning evil actions, folks. That's not what I'm saying. Spreading... God's word in America in a Christian nation has gotten, we've gotten to the breaking point, folks. Our country functions because we knew this as a whole and we don't know. <clears throat> Going back to the Philadelphia Bible Society, this is a quote that I'm pulling out of the Founder's Bible. I think this is just a generic quote from the Bible Society. Were it possible that Bible societies, these lights which God hath kindled in the firmament of His church, should immediately disappear, the knowledge they have already imparted and the blessings they have been instrumental in conveying, must live for generations to come. But these societies are not about to expire. Their numbers, their labors, their usefulness are daily increasing. The word of the Lord runs and is glorified. I, I can't help when I read this but think about the fact that we ought to be teaching in a Christian nation in America, of all places, in our public schools, we ought to be teaching our kids the Bible. That ought to be the primary textbook. And our founders talked about it. You go back to Fisher Ames, who actually wrote the First Amendment, right? Gave the wording for freedom of religion for the, for the First Amendment and said that the Bible should be the primary textbook in schools. Not just a textbook. Certainly not, no textbook, non-existent. Our founders, you go back and you look at these, and there's a number of these Bible societies that were created across the country to help spread the word of God, to make our nation stronger and healthier, better. Coolidge quote that I said we would go back to. Uh, Coolidge was the 30th president, right? The strength of our country is the strength of its religious convictions. 
the foundation of our society and our government rests so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. It's not just the government. It's also our society, our families, our marriages. It's not just our families and our marriages. It's also our government. Everything is based on the Bible. And so you can look back and you can see why our founders felt like these Bible societies were so important, why spreading the word of God was so important. You can see why. And, and we've talked about Benjamin Rush before and, and how ardently he supported public education based on God and the Bible. We're, we're quite literally, folks, oh, I guess it's not quite literally, we're not really shooting ourselves in the foot, but we are, we are quite literally destroying ourselves as a nation because we're not teaching the Bible to our children. And we're not, we're not reading it ourselves. We're not soaking it in. We're watching basketball and baseball and softball and football and tennis and golf and whatever else. And we're watching movies and TV shows, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Uh, we're scrolling on our phones, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever else you want to throw in there. But we're not spending time in God's Word, which is the foundation of our whole nation. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. In, in a bad way. So, let me see if I can find this real quick. Joseph's story, who we have talked about quite frequently, was a Supreme Court justice and one of the preeminent minds early on, judicial minds. Uh, his commentaries on the Constitution we've talked about. And this is his quote on the First Amendment in his commentaries, probably at the time of the adoption of the Constitution and the amendment to it now under consideration, talking about the First Amendment. The general, if not the universal sentiment in America was that Christianity ought to receive encouragement from the state so far as was not incompatible with the private rights of conscience and the freedom of religious worship. An attempt to level all religions and to make it a matter of state policy to hold all in utter indifference would have created universal disapprobation, if not universal indignation. The First Amendment, folks, that is thrown about so often was never intended to equalize all religions. It was, it was never intended to drag Christianity down to the level of false religions, Islam, Buddha, Hindu, atheism, deism. And there's a lot of people out there that I have a feeling know that connection between freedom and liberty in America 
and knowledge of the Bible and knowledge of our own history, right? All this stuff kind of ties together. You go back again to that Horace Greeley quote. The bottom line is, if we don't know the Bible, then everything else falls. And, and our founders never intended us to throw the Bible out of our government. We've got to get back to knowing the Bible, folks, and we've got to get God back in the center of our country and our institutions. God bless y'all, your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.